Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Advancing Surgical Care podcast, brought to you by the Ambulatory Surgery Center Association, or ASCA. My name is Charlie Leonard. I am a member of the ASCA Public Affairs team and the host of this recording. This recording is taking place on April 22nd, 2020. As with all of ASCA's COVID-19 communications, please check to make sure you are reading or listening to our most up-to-date postings. The purpose of today's podcast is to discuss how ambulatory surgery centers can safely resume performing elective surgeries. With known cases of the COVID-19 virus receding in some states or within geographic areas of some states, new guidance for the resumption of elective surgery has been issued by the federal government as well as several state governments and a number of professional medical societies. Last week, ASCA also issued guidance of its own that was developed by a working group of ASC medical directors. Joining me for a discussion of these important developments are Bill Prentice, ASCA's CEO, and Michael Patterson, President and CEO of Mississippi Valley Health in Davenport, Iowa. Michael is also a member of the ASCA Board of Directors. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Charlie. Good to be here. Thank you, Charlie. Bill and Michael, let me start by asking each of you this fundamental question. Is the country ready for ASCs to resume performing elective procedures? Well, there are really two parts to that question. Uh, The first half is, are we generally ready from the standpoint of seeing a decline in the number of COVID-19 cases such that it's safe to resume any number of social functions, including elective surgery? The formula that the federal government has identified, which it calls gating criteria, is a decline in COVID-19 cases for 14 consecutive days in a state or other geographic area. But let's remember that states can use their own judgment and establish their own criteria to determine if, how, and when to permit elective surgeries to occur. And we're seeing that authority being used right now in a growing number of states. The second half of the question is, can ASC safely perform those elective surgeries while this pandemic is still going on? I'm going to go back and answer the first part of that question, and then we'll turn it over to Michael and let him take the rest of it. In terms of the first part, are we ready? The good news is, is that the country's commitment to social distancing and the shelter in place actions is reducing the spread of COVID-19. And as that happens, there's a growing consensus that ASCs and hospitals can cautiously resume certain cases, particularly those that are deemed clinically necessary. Still, we have to remember that the reality is different regions across the nation are impacted by COVID-19 to varying degrees, and there are some communities that are ready for strategic restart of deferred surgeries at this time, but there are others that are still going to have to wait. The determination has to be fact-based and only carried out if your city, county, or state is seeing a low incidence of or a sustained decline in COVID-19 cases. So that's the first part. Michael, why don't you take the second half of that question? All right. I agree with Bill. If your ASC is located in a state or a region that has experienced a decline or a low incidence in the number of reported cases, you should be preparing now to resume your operations. And as to the second half of the question, can ASC safely resume treating patients? I believe the answer is yes. Now, obviously, there are a lot of considerations, and I'm sure we'll talk more about them in this podcast. 
But I fundamentally believe that if we continue to put the health and safety of our patients, providers, and staff first, we now have the informational resources to resume most procedures. Bill, let me uh, come back to you. As I mentioned at the outset, in just the last week, we've seen guidance from the White House, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, seven state governments, and several medical professional societies. On April 20th, ASCA released a checklist to help ASCs prepare for the resumption of surgeries and other elective procedures. Bill, can you help our listeners sort through all of this information and better understand what they need to do to safely reopen or to expand their practices? Sure, I'll give that a try. As you know, ASCA staff and volunteers have worked really hard over the past month to stay abreast of this crisis and to find or develop resources to assist surgery centers in doing the right thing during this pandemic. And and that includes all the guidance you mentioned, as well as developing a checklist to help ASCs that are able to take cases and to do so in a safe and responsible way. Uh, Michael, I think you'll have more to say about that in a little bit, but As I mentioned on other podcasts, we have a COVID-19 resource center on the ASCA website, ASCassociation.org, that includes a wealth of information to help ASCA members. And I strongly encourage listeners to go there frequently to stay abreast of what we're working on. But when it comes to the various guidance, we're collecting all of them on that resource page. But for purposes of this podcast, I think I'll just focus on two, the CMS guidance and the ASCA guidance. Before I go any further, though, I want to highlight that listeners should give the most attention to any guidance or requirements that are issued by their state or local officials. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, they are the controlling authority, and what they announce will be the North Star for any ASC that is providing care right now. So go there first. That said, when looking at both the CMS and ASCA guidance, there are two primary conditions to consider. The first, as we've covered, is whether the community is ready, based upon the prevalence of COVID-19. And as I just mentioned, your state and local officials will be the final judge on that. For the second condition, which has a number of subparts, I'm going to quote straight from the ASCA guidance, if you don't mind, Charlie. Please go ahead, Bill. ASC should open only if the safety of patients and the broader community can be guaranteed. Every ASC must ensure patient health and the prevention of virus spread by applying the following principles. One, screening patients before visits and monitoring their health prior to starting surgery as part of the preoperative procedure. Two, requiring staff to self-monitor and screen for viral symptoms daily. Three, continuing to use PPE per the latest CDC recommendations for all procedures. Four, following waiting room spacing guidelines, social distancing, face masking, and other recommended procedures for patients and visitors prior to entering the facility. Five, ensuring heightened disinfection to prevent and mitigate the risk of COVID-19 spread. And finally, six, ensuring patients have been medically cleared by their primary care physician where applicable. So I think that it's really important that people go there uh, and look at that guidance uh, to get a better understanding of what we think they need to be doing to safely reopen and do cases. Thank you, Bill. Michael, uh, another question for you. The ASCA checklist has 108 steps for ASCs to consider or implement before resuming certain elective surgeries. That is obviously a lot of detail to consider. 
So that our listeners do not get overwhelmed by that task, can you walk us through the high-level considerations that an ASC needs to lock down before resuming certain elective procedures? Yes, Charlie, thank you. There are a lot of items on the checklist, but for most ASCs, a substantial number of the items should already be part of their operational routine. Most of the new factors ASCs will need to consider are those relating to mitigating the spread of the virus. For instance, ASCs need to tune into their local health departments on a daily basis to know if they're experiencing an increase or a decrease in the number of reported cases either in their city, county, or region. For at least the foreseeable future, each of us needs to make clinical judgments and patient prioritizations such that we can start with patients who have low comorbidities and low surgical risks and continue to postpone procedures that do not have a clinical urgency to them. Then, ASCs need to put new protocols and procedures in place within their facilities for such things as self-evaluations by staff, new waiting room spacing and patient face masking, following CDC guidelines for the use of PPE, and of course, heightened disinfection procedures throughout the entire facility. Now, with that said, I wanna hit just a couple of topics on the checklist that I think people really need to be in tune to. One is having a downward trajectory in their specific region of COVID cases. And then has there been an appropriate authorization by uh, either municipal, county, or state officials to resume elective procedures? Based on the priority list, does the ASC have the necessary staff required for those procedures? Um, and are we accommodating staff who may have family or childcare issues? So we really need to know that ahead of time before we uh, try to resume and, and start back up. Another component of this is obviously several new policies and procedures will be needed related to COVID. And has the governing body approved those new policies and procedures um, to ensure that you're providing a safe uh, environment for patients and staff? Um, the other piece, has your staff been uh, informed of what those new policies and procedures are? Uh, are they educated and has that been communicated to them? Very important so they understand how to care for patients in this new dynamic that we have. Another big component for the operating rooms are air exchanges. Those need to be reestablished. We need to follow terminal cleaning guidelines and we need to make sure that we understand what is that time in between each case based on appropriate numbers of air exchanges. Same thing for the endoscopic facilities in that they as well need to have the same um, or actually a different standard based on what their current air exchanges are. Very important to really understand that and know what that is based upon your system. So that way when we're taking patients in and out, we're sure that that room has clean air. Thank you, Michael. Bill, we haven't talked about testing yet either for the virus itself or for the antibodies that can hopefully give us some assurances in the future about the immunities in people who've had prior infections. So how does testing and the continued lack of available testing impact ASCs looking to resume their surgeries and other procedures? Well, the first thing I'll mention is that the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, um, has a lot of resources for healthcare providers on testing, and I strongly encourage listeners to go there and use that as a primary resource. But as we all know, the availability of testing varies greatly around the country. Hopefully that situation will continue to improve. And I know that there's an additional federal funding coming on the way uh, that should allow for a lot more tests to, to be available around the country. 
the short answer here is that if tests are available, by all means, ASE should use them to protect both patients and staff. But where tests may not be available, patients and staff should be protected by the use of evidence-based infection control practices and the other principles that I mentioned earlier in the ASCA guidance on resuming elective surgery. Michael and Bill, um, we're getting close to the end of our time for the podcast. Just wanted to ask each of you if you had any concluding remarks or additional thoughts you'd like to share with listeners regarding the uh, resumption of elective surgery. Well, Charlie, the only thing that I just want to reinforce is I know that there are many physicians out there, many surgery centers that are eager to get back to work and provide care um, to their patients. And we just need to be mindful, though, of this pandemic and really follow guidance issued by the federal government, by states, by localities, by clinicians to make sure that we are providing that care in the best possible way. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, I want to uh, reiterate Bill's statements. Uh, He's spot on. And I think as we think about how healthcare providers protect patients, protect staff, and get back to caring for patients in an environment that they could feel safe in, it's, it's on us as leadership of the Ambulatory Surgery Center industry to ensure that we go about implementing these policies and practices safely. Uh, we, we venture back into these waters of providing elective surgeries and meeting the needs of the community. And I think if we do that on a thoughtful manner, that uh, you know, this will allow us to demonstrate our value to the healthcare system. And, and in addition to that, I would recommend that folks that uh, have an opportunity should go to the ASCA uh, website and look at that checklist and please utilize these resources so that you know you're not alone and we're out here to to help you to safely return to normal operations. Well, Bill, Michael, thank you both for joining us today. That will conclude today's podcast. As Bill noted on an earlier podcast, we are intentionally trying to keep these relatively short, but very substantive and to provide as much information as we can in a short amount of time. Once again, we'd like to say that if anyone has any thoughts or suggestions for future topics or how we might improve these presentations, please do not hesitate to send us your thoughts and ideas. We want to hear from you. So thanks everyone for listening. Please stay safe and stay healthy.